welcome to From Passion to Purpose, the podcast where we dive deep into the inspiring world of nonprofit organization and the incredible individuals who lead them. I'm your host, Shama, and I'm thrilled to take you on this journey of exploration and discovery. We all have moments when we strongly desire to make a positive impact, give back to our community, and change the world for better. For many, that desire evolves into a passion, a driving force that compels us to take action. This podcast is about the journey from the initial spark of passion to the fulfillment of a higher purpose. So I am here today with Amit Banerjee from um, Dallas, Texas. Um, Welcome, Amit. Do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and about your nonprofit? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Mitt Banerjee. I have the pleasure of serving as Hi. the CEO of Philanthropy Kids. We're a nonprofit organization that works to celebrate and inspire philanthropy and youth. And the way that we do that is we have an education program where we go into schools and community centers, teach kids how to give back and get involved in their communities. And then we have a social impact incubator for those young people to then turn their ideas into uh, actionable philanthropy, uh, whether in a for-profit or nonprofit sense. So Philanthropy Kids has kind of gone through a lot of evolutions, uh, or I will say one evolution uh, of many you know, phases. Um, when we first started, it was actually a magazine that was highlighting the stories of young kids uh, around the world, doing good in big ways and in small ways. Because to us, it was this idea that no act of philanthropy is too small or too big to be recognized and to be highlighted. We started as a magazine, we acquired a nonprofit called PAVE and kind of adjusted to being both of those things. And when we acquired PAVE, one of the things that we did as part of the acquisition was adjust the curriculum to be a lot more bespoke to different communities, recognizing the culture of giving in one neighborhood looks different than another neighborhood. And with that came a lot of interest from uh, schools and community centers across the United States and even internationally. There was a time where we were an international organization and we were doing a lot of successful programming in countries like Norway and in Spain and in Haiti and in Nepal and India. And it was really good for the kids we were working for. It was very difficult for us as an organization to kind of sustain that fast growth and really you know, broad reach. So we decided as a strategic initiative to kind of refocus back to North Texas and the Dallas-Fort Worth region um, and, and really look at how are we affecting the communities that we're adjacent to and that we're among um, more so than the ones across the nation and across the world. Um- do you mind? So this uh, season, we're focusing on leadership um, stories and would love to know how you got into this role. Were you always in nonprofit? What moved you to take on this uh, important role? So the answer of have I always been a nonprofit or did I kind of transition into this role is yes and no. Uh, when I was in fourth grade, I was actually a student of our PAVE program. And I learned what philanthropy was, and I learned that philanthropy is beyond raising funds and it's beyond giving funds. Philanthropy was the love of mankind. Anything that you could do to demonstrate that love 
is philanthropy. And if you demonstrate that love, you are a philanthropist. And that really spoke to me um, several years after going through that program in fourth grade. I, I had put together a very small team to found philanthropy kids. And as I mentioned before, we were, uh, we were a magazine concept. Our idea was really focused on the, the outlet and the, and the media operations of, of highlighting the work the kids were doing. We recognize that there's also a need to develop more because once you wrote, I mean, not that there's uh, a dearth of uh, stories out there, but you could always develop more stories by developing more young philanthropists. So I've been involved in, in this organization for a long time. My role has kind of changed in a volunteer capacity to a staff capacity. Um, but my involvement with this organization has stayed true for you know since the beginning with the nonprofit world at large and, and especially with Dallas area philanthropy I am always looking for ways to volunteer I'm always looking for ways to uh, be more involved than I was yesterday um, and and so I've always been a nonprofit person but if you look at you know if you look at a resume and you look at a uh, academic record, uh, you'll see that I studied electrical engineering. You'll see that I worked as an engineer at AT&T and at Lockheed Martin. And I uh, was involved in a lot of things that were not necessarily traditional philanthropy. But, you know, as a personality trait, philanthropist was deep into it. And so in those spaces, it was very easy to bring out the philanthropic space, uh, philanthropic activities of the employee bases and the company as a whole. Um, but then when I was asked to kind of serve in the CEO role at Flint Kids, I was able to kind of make that transition very easily because working in this independent sector, this nonprofit sector was very familiar to me. Familiar to me. That's great. And how long have you been the CEO? Uh, about two years now, just wrapping up the second year. Right. And how um, how many staff, how big is the agency? So we, it depends on how you're counting it, but we have a very small core team, uh, about three to five people. Um, and then we have a list of, uh, or a, a cohort of facilitators for our PAVE program. These are former educators, people interested in serving youth, um, and, and people that go through a very rigorous training to uh, execute our educa education programs in, in schools that we work with and the partner organizations that we're affiliated with. So, you know, if you look at it in a very broad sense, we're maybe a 25-person organization. Uh, if you look at it on any given day, it might be a one-person organization, depending on, you know, what you're focusing on. Uh, but I would say three to five is the, is the core team. Yeah, but I mean, all the facilitators are touching so many lives and it's going to ripple into far greater number, which is amazing. So for sure. Yeah. Do you mind sharing a success um, from one of your work? Um, would love to just hear one of the success stories. Yeah, I mean, I can I can give you an example of. Uh, so at Philanthropy Kids, we have two programs. We have PAVE, which stands for Philanthropy and Volunteerism and Entrepreneurship. And that's the program where we're teaching kids how to become young philanthropists or how to elevate the young philanthropy already within them. And we have 
uh, one of our favorite stories to talk about are the stories of the Adams sisters. Catherine and Isabel Adams were five and eight years old coming in through our program. And they were able to utilize the framework of PAVE to kind of reinforce the ideas that were probably already evident in their household of giving back and caring about others and, you know, really taking on ownership of the responsibility you have to better the people around you. Catherine and Isabel Adams, they uh, really liked origami. It was something that to their culture and uh, tradition was very um, historic, but also something that they could, you know, exemplify as, as an art form. And what they did was they created origami art. And they sold origami art and used the funds to raise millions and millions and millions of dollars to build uh, water systems and wells in third world countries where access to clean water was extremely limited. This was in five-year-old and eight-year-old. They were able to utilize the resources of PAVE to connect their personal interests with the community need and do something significant. And it's been so significant that they've created an organization called People for Water that's, I think, in their 10th or 11th year now. They've been on the Today Show, the Kelly Clarkson Show, Good Morning America, any kind of cool outlet to showcase the good work of young people. They've been showcasing the good work of young people. Um, that's, a, that's one of our favorite stories to share about PAVE. And if you look at the other program that we have at Philanthropy Kids, which is the Impact Factory, the social impact incubator for young people to explore social entrepreneurship, we had a group of young adults who wanted to develop a um, artist collective, meaning a essentially a hub for art to be cultivated and fostered. That would, con that would introduce different mediums of media of art to people that weren't necessarily familiar with that media, while also connecting it to different social issues and causes that maybe weren't talked about or, or needed more awareness to. An example would be when uh, their first project, their pilot program that they did in the Impact Factory was a theater production of Spring Awakening. And in Spring, Spring Awakening, there's, uh, it's the 1997 Tony Award winning uh, Broadway musical. And it covers a lot of different elements about young adult life. But what the Watering Hole Collective did was create a very bold way to tell the story. They adapted it a little bit to really emphasize certain themes such as um, sex, sex ed, such as mental health and um, teen homelessness. And, and using the media of theater performance, they were able to highlight these um, issue areas while, as every single attendee to the showcase show, were able to uh, receive a pamphlet of information for each of those three causes. And then all of the ticket sales for that show were then donated to three organizations that supported each of those um, different causes. And I think they raised maybe around over $4,000 that, you know, divided by three were then distributed amongst these organizations to advance the causes of sex ed, um, teen home homelessness support, and uh, mental health awareness. And so it was, it was a really cool program that, you know, we, we supported them from the back end. We gave them the resources of the Impact Factory, such as a fiscal sponsorship, a bank account, 
uh, mentors, you know, lawyers and attorneys and things like that. But the idea and the energy came from them. And we just wanted to harness it and, and pour into it. So I would, those are the success stories that I kind of lead with. Uh, I think it explains what we do, but also shows what can come from it. That is amazing. I'm like completely blown away and I'm off script because I'm like, so just, and, and to hear these young, I mean, these are young people. Um, that's wow. And I have heard about paper for water, right? Is it called paper for water? Yes. Yeah. That's the organization. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think the answer is probably obvious, but I'm going to ask, what inspires you to get up and go to work every day? I think there is a idea that you need to experience something to know the answer. And that isn't always the case because that lends itself to this idea that the longer you've been around, the less likely you are to make mistakes. And I don't think that's necessarily true for the seven to eight billion people that are on the planet. I think there are people that will make mistakes and there are people that will not make mistakes. And yes, we'll learn from our mistakes, but people aren't really given a chance to learn from their mistakes because they're not given the opportunity to succeed or fail earlier on. And I think the work that we do at Flint because really inspires the youth um, and, and younger adults to try something and we give them the space and the parachute to try something um, and, and recognize what was a success and what was a failure and do it in maybe a small testable scale and, and really move forward with, Hey, we, I can do something better next time. And I can learn from this kind of shared failure and I can move from it. Or we experience something really remarkable and we can grow from it. But I don't think enough people are given the opportunity to start earlier, to do good earlier. And what's really exciting about the work that we're doing at Philanthropy Kids that makes me excited to get up and work for Philanthropy Kids is the fact that we're providing that opportunity to say, yeah, you can do this. and maybe it won't work. And that's the cool part. Because if we know that it doesn't work, we can tell everybody that we tried this and it doesn't work. And everybody else cannot try that. And they can save their resources to try another solution that might work. And then we can also go back and uh, figure something figure something new. And so that idea of like innovation is, that we're pouring into as, as an ethos behind what we do with the impact factory, the idea that we're, we're breaking down the access issues of the word philanthropy with its traditional definition of giving millions and billions of dollars to certain causes is something that we're trying to push back against. And so we want to uh, really recognize that anyone can be a philanthropist. We want to promote those that are ready to say I am one. So the way we describe it is anyone that wants to have the pay program at their school, 
we will we will show up and and provide the paved experience. And it looks different across different communities. Um, some campuses want a one day very intensive retreat workshop style of pave. Other program other campuses want a maybe four week program, which is our typical uh, module based programming. Um, others want a semester long elective course. And we've worked with we work with public schools primarily, but we've worked with private schools, we've worked with charter schools, we work with universities. Um, the uh, and we and like I said, we work with community centers too, including libraries and and other just community institutions that are eager to engage the younger populations with giving back and and community service, volunteerism, and philanthropic leadership. And so our courses look different. We have a very uh, dedicated curriculum design team that evaluates what the students uh, are like and and how philanthropy can be embedded into who they are. That's a great answer. Um, I would love if you could finish this sentence for me. If money weren't a barrier, our nonprofit would. We would fiscally sponsor and fully fund every single idea that a young person has, however audacious, however unrealistic, because it's that audacity and that boldness that will help us find the answer in a creative and modern way that hasn't been solved before. Great. Um, just for clarification, what's the age range you serve? So with our paved to 18, so about that middle school and high school age, um, we've done programs younger, we've done programs older, but typically it's that 10 to 18 age range. And then with the Impact Factory, it goes 10 to 18, or sorry, 10 to 30 years old. Um, so it goes all the way from middle school age to, you know, maybe someone goes to college after high school and then even afterwards. We want to make sure that if someone has an idea when they're young, they have the resources to sustain it in the long term and not just kind of left out to dry. So that's kind of why we have that upper limit of 30. But we're working primarily with middle schoolers, high schoolers, and college age students. Um, and lastly, would love to know what can the community do to support philanthropy kids? I think from a from a philosophical and uh, ideological way, I think just when a kid is wanting to share an idea, to listen to them, and recognizing that the best way to spend family time is uh, to <laughs> volunteer because it's wholesome, it gets everybody out there, and it's um, something that you know psychologically will benefit that student. Um, and then from a more practical way for our organization specifically, um, obviously we'll always take, we'll always take a, a financial contribution, but I think to us, it's the people that matter uh, more than the dollars. And for us, uh, when it's uh, students that we can reach and, and schools that we can reach with our PAVE program and uh, participants of our impact factory, uh, if there are, if, if that's someone that's listening to this podcast or you're listening to this podcast, you know someone that fits that mold. Um, we would love 
for them to um, discover how they can build the generation of givers with this new product that we have. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Also, now available nonprofit fundraising lessons from the trenches, authored by me. You can find it on Amazon or go directly to my website, caseforsupportconsulting.org. And I hope this book will be a great guide to help you elevate your cause. Thank you and see you again on From Passion to Purpose.